What's up, my Uncommon family? Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Uncommon Podcast. First, we want to give a huge thank you to all of our guests that we've had on the show lately. We greatly appreciate all the time that they've spent with us, and the feedback has been awesome for those episodes. So thank you all for your time and your efforts and supporting us with this podcast. We couldn't do it without you, so we appreciate everybody taking the time to come in. We have a good one for you today. Uh, we've entered into a couple touchy topics, so we hope you get something from the episode one way or another. As always, if you like the show, hit that subscribe button on the platform of your choice. My challenge for every uncommon, my uncommon uh, family out there this week, every member, is to send a, the, at least one uncommon episode to three different people. Uh, for whatever reason, come up with the reason whether you want to piss somebody off with our more controversial episodes or help somebody out with the personal development episodes. We don't care. Um, just if everybody would show those three times, that would help us continue to grow, and we would greatly appreciate that. Reviews, good or bad, are always appreciated, and you can communicate with us uh, by emailing uncommonpodcast at outlook.com or leave a message at 720-336-0848. I'm done babbling. Let's get into the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast of B-Pop and Duff. Duff, how you doing today, man? I am awesome, my friend. How about yourself? I'm doing well, doing well. So we got a, a fun episode here. We've got uh, Travis back in the studio with us to kind of give us some commentary. We're going to kind of roll and have a little bit of fun with this. But uh, before we get kicked off, as you do every episode, I want to uh, send a thank you out to all those first responders, police, firefighters, and EMTs, and an even more uh, and an even special thank you to all the uh, active duty military and veterans that serve this great country. Without everything you do, we could not do what we do. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you so much. Yes. And as always, if you have a cause or something that, you know, you want us to get out, you know, to more people, we're always here to support, you know, any positive cause, anything we can do to help you out. We are always here to help in any way that we can. So thank you very much. All right. Sounds good. So Dustin, what's got you hot under the collar today? Well, let me give my, my disclaimer. Like I like to on some of these episodes, Brett, I'm going to cuss a little bit more on this episode. So again, for you lighthearted folks out there, this may not be the episode for you, but if, for those that want just pure, unfiltered, honest opinion, this is definitely going to be a show exactly right up your alley. So if you got children in the car, turn it off, please. <laughs> so let me play this shit for you guys right here. Yes, you are, ma'am. Good morning. Which is, and the speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing you're me? You're correct. I pulled you over because... because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone I, I while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. I you. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his. Do you therapy. have a, Do you have your driver's license? I, it, I mistakenly left it at home. Do you have a picture of your driver's license? Yes, I do. May I have it? And can you call your supervisor, please? Because I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, because you're a murderer. Okay. And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket? Is that why you're harassing me? 
that harassment. I, I am enforcing the law. I have a right to record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. I was, I can, I wasn't, doesn't texting or none of that. Do you have, and you had that you picture? you scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling, you're a murderer. Okay. Can you zoom in on that for me, Sure. Jane? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal, and I'm a teacher, so oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, if here you, you stop, go, stop murderer. shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me, No, because right? you're scaring me. Oh, you're threatening to kill me and my son. Can you give me okay. the, the well, you, iPad, you, I'll tell you what, you keep smiling, yeah, you're on camera. You keep, you're, th you're trying to threaten to kill me. I'm I not didn't smiling, say that. you're the one who's crazy. Hold that still, I can't see that. Uh, is this your car? Yes, it is. Um, you're trying to say I stole my own car because you're jealous? Yeah, is that what I don't that's think about? so. You wait for me right here, okay? You're jealous. All you need to do is get your signature. He's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. Hey, good man. Sign inside for the red box a, right there. For him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. Sign the citation, ma'am. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. You there you go, be dear. White. Have you, a good day. You want to be white so bad? Uh, I'd say it's pretty fucking disgusting. You're yeah. you're a, you're a nicer you're a nicer gentleman, so you're gonna give us a really good you know a really good. He's gonna be the to he's this. gonna be the tame one today. He'll be the tame one today. <laughs> but no, here's my thing, guys. Okay, what are we teaching our kids right now? That that's uh, you guys hear me say it on this podcast. How many times? Uh, you, it's sad to say, but you and I don't matter at this point. Right? Like we're we're all locked in. We're locked into what your career is. You know, you kind of have a trajectory for your life, you know, at this point in your life, you know, you got your path. Okay. A lot of us, we can make changes and we can deviate from that path a little bit, but you're not going to see major large scale change in mm -hmm. my opinion. Right. Where you have to start is with the kids. So we have that lady on a traffic stop, basically being totally racist and ends up getting on the internet. Completely racist. To my knowledge, she isn't fired. She's still teaching kids, okay, acting like that with her son in the car. So what do you think her son is going to think? She says in there, I'm taking my son to school. So I'd have to assume that her son's in the car, no? Son's in the car. She's teaching her son to not respect police officers, not respect another human in general. And on top of that, she's teaching her son to generalize somebody by the looks of their skin or by their last name. Now, she calls this guy a, a, a Mexican. I don't know how many times. How does she know he's Mexican? Could he be El Salvadoran? Could he be Costa Rican? Could he be from the Dominican? Simply because of his last name. That's racist in and of, in and of itself, right? This is a Hispanic individual that should be treated with some level of respect and just because you get pulled over for doing something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place, I, what I find funny is if she just was polite. Hi, officer. How can I help you? What did I do today? Most likely, he would have let her off with a warning. Would you not agree with that? I 100% agree. I agree. I, I agree. I, I, it might be too early in the show to, to, to get this existential, but... Why, why did you invite me here to the show today? Because you have previous law enforcement experience. Okay, but, but why else? You're soft-spoken. <laughs> uh, well, you're well-spoken. I, I, well I would say, I would say it's because you care about me, right? Right. 
you 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 legitimately care about me. You care about me because why? Why do you care about me? Well, I wouldn't have anybody on the show that I didn't have a tremendous amount of respect for first, right? And so I seek out those people that I have respect for, you know, and so that that is a main contributing factor. But I would argue that the reason that you care about me is not even necessarily that you have respect for me. I would say it's because you know me. Because you 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 know me. You've gotten to know me. We know each other on a on a uh on a on a fairly intimate level as far as friendship goes. I mean, we right. know each other very well. I mean, we, we've we've handled calls together. We have had each other's back. We have we we've we've been in the same car together with bulletproof vests on. I mean, we we care about one another. And so I would say the reason that we that we care about one another, not only on that deep level, but just on a surface level is because we know each other. I mean, I met I just met Brett today, but I legitimately care about you now because I know you, because right. I've gotten to know you. And and in that little amount of time that I've gotten to know you, I care about you. And part of the problem right now is we're not taking time to get to know one another. Maybe that lady needs to spend a little bit of time getting to know people, getting, you know, at least getting to know them. There's a, re, there's, it's an odd, there's an odd thing going on about this whole disrespect thing and th- this divide that we're experiencing. And it's because we don't know each other and it's because we don't even care to know each other. Right. I've said on previous episodes that I feel so social media has turned everybody into, what do I call it? Keyboard commandos. Keyboard commandos, right? People can hide behind their mobile device, hide behind their computer screen, and they feel like they can say whatever they want without the repercussions of having to be face-to-face with somebody. Now you have somebody that is actually face-to-face with somebody, and she is is believing and and internalizing all this hatred, all this rhetoric that is, that is fuming. And she thinks it's appropriate to come at a police officer like that with that same racism and hatred that she probably most likely doesn't want somebody to come at her at being an African-American woman. Right. And to, to compound that she is a teacher. What if she's teaching these piss poor values to her child in the car, what is she teaching her class, the, the, the class that she teaches, whatever grade she teaches? Well, you guys both know I'm married to a teacher, right? And so I would say, and I think anybody would agree that no matter what you're teaching, I know even in my coaching, right? That a little tint to me always comes out in how I do things. It's how you word things. It's how you present things. It's how you choose to do those things subconsciously, correct? I mean, can we all agree? Yeah. Okay. So. That person's tinge in everything she teaches, especially with all of this is all being talked about right now. Like this is all over every social media network, every news outlet, everything. So if you don't think kids are talking about it in school and teachers aren't talking about it, you, you've been living under a fucking rock. Okay. But they're going there. And then I have another video. I don't want to play an entire another clip. She's telling a 13-year-old kid he's dumb and stupid because he's pushing back against her for values that he just utterly doesn't believe in. I think that's the one I sent you. And that's the one where she's trying to, um, so he was, he was bringing up the, the police shooting statistics is mm-hmm. what this kid was bringing up. And he was going, 
strictly off of the FBI's numbers. Okay. And I can understand where some of these arguments come up about numbers being skewed and everything else. Any kind of data is always going to be driven to some whatever, whatever talking point is trying to be brought up. But when the kid to him at 13 years old, the FBI is the end all be all one of them. Could we agree on that? Sure. Yeah. Could we say that, hey, when you tell your kids that there's reliable information out there, when you ha- actually send them out to do research into things, would you or would you not send them to the FBI's website if you were trying to research um, crime statistics? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. that's who tracks it. Right. So when this kid's bringing up a point, he's getting told that he's dumb and he's stupid and he's wrong. And he's racist. And he's racist from a teacher. Like, again. I brought it up in another episode, Brett. You're going to create more of a problem. You're going to by by and this is my this is my own opinion. You guys don't even have to chime in on this, okay? But it's not everybody, number 1. It's 1% of the population. I'm I am fully I am fully convinced of that. And I'm going to tell you guys why. And you guys are going to think this is the most silly stupid ass research that I've ever done, okay? I'm I've not said, are, you, are you sure? I've said it on here a couple times. I've been listening to Tom McDonald and some of his controversial rap shit, right? I've been listening. To I all love that. Tom okay. McDonald. Here's my thing. This is just a test for everybody out there. And I went down this rabbit hole because I was legitimately curious. Okay. He has a song called white boy and it is basically what it's about is he's trying to say, Hey, kind of, I guess, referencing reverse racism a little bit, but he's trying to convey the message of we're all the same. You know, I want us all to understand that, like we're all trying to be together. Go on a YouTube rabbit hole of, uh, and just type in white boy reactions. And you can see people of color watching this video get upset in the front end of this video. I mean, pissed. And by the end of the video, they're in total agreement. Yeah. So that's why I say I don't believe that we're that far. I don't think we're that far divided. But I think what's going to happen, and this is what I'm really, that's what I'm nervous about, is kids that don't have the brain capacity that you and I have, their brain isn't fully developed until they're 25 years old, at least in males. I don't know if females are different, but at least 25 is usually the marker, right? Right. Okay. So you're taking a kid that's in seventh grade, eighth grade, and you're telling them that they're bad people already. For nothing that they've they've ever done, that they've ever done, or you have parents teaching kids of whatever race doesn't matter that that race is bad because they hate you. So now that's or that the, profession's bad because that, that that profession in general is racist. And then that that in turn that kid goes and he's you know obviously all of us can agree that we have some sort of attachment and we want to impress our parents and everything when we're young. So if you don't think that he's going to fall in line with, you know, that way of thinking you're crazy Mm -hmm. and he's going to go to school. And now instead of being friends with that kid, he's going to go out based off of what now this new ideal that he has no, no way, no brain capacity to fully process this thought. And he's going to go treat this other kid this way. And what do you think is going to be the ramifications of that kid? That's right. And my last point about this, Joe Rogan had um, some guy from the Westward on his podcast, and he went under, undercover with the skinheads. Okay. He did a whole thing on it. And Joe Rogan, towards the end of, of that section, he had went undercover with a bunch of different things with dope and everything else. But under with the skinheads, 
Joe asked him at the end, he said, what was the real common theme? Like, what was it, you know, with these people? What, you know, what was a common theme? And one of the things that he said was they felt like they were either wronged by a specific other race or they felt like that's what they were supposed to do. Either they came up in the movement or because they were ousted so much that that was the only group that they felt that they could attach to. So my whole tying this entire thing together is not every kid is made the same. Not every kid comes from the same upbringing. Not every kid has the same kind of brain capacity at that age. So you're going to have some kids that get told that they're bad and they're going to go turn into racists. Right. And that's, if you get mad at me about that, that's just the facts. Well, here's the deal. You cannot fight racism with racism. And furthermore, racial, racial supremacy of any kind is of the is is wrong at the highest level okay white supremacy black supremacy brown supremacy purple green whatever you cannot create a a, a united populace you cannot create a, cohe- a cohesive society if you're constantly trying to pretend that one race is su- supreme over another. It does not happen. Now, both of you are ex-law enforcement, and I, I, I really want to know your opinion on the way this Hispanic police officer reacted in this situation. Could either one of you done what he done? I think, um, I think earlier in my career, I was much better at tolerating that type of behavior. Um, I think that I recognized I was young and had my entire career ahead of me. And the things that I said and did would have long reaching ramifications on my future. Mm-hmm. I think that the longer that I went, the less tolerant I was. But I also think that there was this, there was this crop. I had reached a crossroads where I felt like things were getting worse you know, especially after the Democratic National Convention and we dealt with that and then we dealt with the Occupy movement and all of those, you know, then then I became, my unit was basically used for protests, downtown protests. And that was the main thing that we did. And so I think that as things went on, society got worse and I cared less. And I think that it was harder for me to hold my actual emotions in because I know the things that that cop is thinking. I know what, I know what he wants to say. I know what he's, I know exactly what he's not saying. And I think towards the end, I was doing a much worse job of holding those things in. And I think that I, I think that I had the propensity to say those things that, that maybe I, I shouldn't be saying. I I mean, I just, from my perspective, I think he was a total professional. He, he, he was a, he was a total professional. See, and I was, I was opposite. You know, me at the front end, man, I was 120% testosterone, caffeine, and hate. You know, not hate for people, but just I, I, you knew I was, I was going out to, I, I wanted to find real bad guys. And I, you know, Travis will tell you how many cars I'd stop in a night or, you know, whatever. And I barely, hardly ever write tickets, but I got more patient. And I think it was more just, I learned savvier ways to communicate. So I didn't have to communicate as much on the back end of my career as I did on the front end. I could go up. I mean, a typical traffic stop for me at the front, you know, was all the official, you know, driver's license, registration, proof of insurance, 
right? Like the whole, everything's very official. By the time I left the police department and it works flawlessly, calms people down. I'd walk up and I go, Hey, what's going on, bro? Windows already down They're They're expecting you to be all official, all scared. You know, you'd see them shaking it with their hands on the, on the steering wheel. You know that there's no threat in that car. You walk up and Hey, what's going on, bro? Hey man, it's okay. Listen, you got your ID on you. Yeah. This is why I pulled you over. Okay. It's not, it's not a big deal. You know, I'll probably cut you a break on this one. As long as you don't have any warrants or anything, you got anything I need to know about? Nope. Okay. Let me just see real quick. Run them, cut them loose. Right. And so to answer your question of, do you think that she would have been let off with a warning, at least with somebody like me, which he's coming off that officer as as Mm -hmm. somebody that's, you know, she's being belligerent before he even walks up to the car and he's able to maintain his composure, even on the first contact. Cause now I will say, and I'm sure Travis will tell you too, that the first contact, a lot of times where I got in the most trouble, because somebody would be like, what the fuck you pull me over for? And I'd be like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and it's like reaction, right. right? It's like reaction. It wasn't like I was mad at this person. It was like somebody just did that, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, just like if somebody yelled at at you from behind you, you turn around and be like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, you know, there was, there's also something about being the cops. Like I'm the cops. You don't get to talk to me that way. And I think that that was kind of the, and maybe that's old school. Uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't old school, like seventies or eighties, but I did come on at the tail end of the nineties. And I do think there was something about being the cops. And I think that people respected the cops. And I think that I came to expect that respect. I mean, I had that expectation that people would respect me. And then when they didn't, I was like, whoa, 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 you don't get to speak to me that way. You don't get to, you don't get to dictate this. I dictate this. I'm in charge. I'm the one who pulled you over. I, you called me to the scene. I'm in charge now. You don't get to do this. You don't get to run things the way that you want them to be run. And I think right now in our society, um, you know, like you said, the, the keyboard commandos, the one click, you know, we, we live in a one click society. People are used to having, you know, everything that they want delivered to their door. Why shouldn't I be able to tell the cops what I think? Right. Why shouldn't I be able to treat the cops how I treat the Amazon delivery guy? There's a uh, quote from the uh, TV show Sopranos. Tony Soprano's talking to uh, Richie April, and Richie April's talking about wanting respect. And Tony Soprano says, those who want respect, give respect. And in this instance, that would have went a long way. I, I firmly believe that police officer, if she would have given respect, probably would have went up. Hey, man, just so you know, I pulled you over. You were on your phone. Shouldn't be doing it. You know, if she had her ID on her, which a responsible person would have their ID on him. Um, proof of insurance. You know, sorry, officer. Yes, sir. No, sir. Whatever the case may be, probably would have let her off with a warning. Now, what either what, what you both may not know, this body cam footage. This cop paid for his own body cam out of his own pocket because the department he's in does not pay for their body cams. So this cop is so professional that he went out on his own dime and got his own body cam to to wear for situations like this. This gentleman needs to be commended. I agree. Okay, let me just let me just make this real easy. I'll make this quick. Okay, for everybody out there, uh, because I this is what I hear all the time. You know, when I, you know, we're scared, we get pulled over by the cops. I'm, we're scared. Okay. Hey, big, big fucking news flash. Everybody's scared when you get pulled over by the, the cops. cops. Probably scared too. No, but even, even me, I'm an ex cop. When I get pulled over, my, my, my blood pressure raises, my heart starts pounding. 
it, everything is exactly the same. I know the process. I know. And I probably know 90% of the time why they pulled me over. Okay. But everybody gets nervous. So stop using that as an excuse. But let me make this real easy for everybody. Okay. You want to make things real easy and not have to worry about, oh, I'm, I'm worried that the cop's going to have an accidental discharge into my car and all this other bullshit. Let me make it real simple for you. Okay. I keep my, my registration and my insurance card in my visor. The reason why I keep it in my visor and not in my, and not in my glove compartment is because the glove compartment is where most people keep a gun. Newsflash. Okay. Don't keep shit in your glove compartment. And so when they're walking up, you're digging through your glove compartment. That's a step one. Put it in your visor, put it under your garage door opener. Most new vehicles have a little plastic tab on the back of there. Do you know what that's for? For your license or for your registration and proof of insurance. To hold your shit. (laughs) So put it in there. Okay. Now, (laughs) second, you need your ID, right? Everybody knows that they're going to have unless you're driving without a license and you're already, you know, you're already shit, shit creek. Or apparently if you live in Georgia, you don't need an ID to drive a a vehicle. (laughs) You don't have to do that either. But okay. Your ID's in your purse, ladies, and it's on the passenger seat and the cop comes up and you're bent over your center console digging through your purse. What do you think that looks like? Okay. No matter if you're a guy and it's a wallet in your back pocket or you're a girl and your ID is in your bag, if you cannot get to it, you need to wait until they come up to the window. If you can easily get to it, this is my recommendation. This is again, what I do. Now I'm fortunate. I drive a Ford. So I have a nice little pocket in my side door. When I get in my car, that is where my wallet goes. If I get pulled over, guess what happens? That wallet comes out of that little pocket. It gets set on my dash with my registration and my insurance card, and I put both hands on the wheel. And you probably with, you probably with, roll all the windows in your car down, all too. All my windows rolled down because I got tent. That's me. I was a cop. Okay? I just, I'm, I'm just tired of that argument, man. I'm tired of that argument because it's like, it's okay for us to excuse common sense. You know, we can excuse common sense as long as it's for the right talking point. And that's not okay anymore. Not even common sense, common fucking courtesy. If you're scared, if you're so scared of the cops, if that fear is so legitimate, maybe you shouldn't be driving. I heard you say on one of your episodes, not that I ever listened to your podcast, but I heard, <laughs> I heard, I heard on one of your episodes, you talked about it's now been a year since COVID started. If you have comorbidities, especially if you are overweight and you are still scared, there is something that you can do about that. You can lose weight. I know you chose to go out and run and lose weight and get healthy and do some things to, to kind of help with that. And I think most of us probably have, again, getting back to the common sense. But if you're so scared, don't go out into public. If you're so scared, don't go do that. If you're so scared of the cops, because of the things that you're seeing on social media or because of the things that you um, uh, what, what social media or the or the media in general has led you to perceive, if you are so scared, maybe you shouldn't be driving. Here's an idea. If you're so scared of the police, why are you running your mouth at the police? I, I also think sometimes people don't necessarily um, I, I know I've been in, in situations before and I've and I've said and I've I've um, I've said things that I've regretted. And, and then I, I say something expecting to get in an, into an argument with someone. And then that person is not willing to argue with me and things just keep snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. 
And it almost sounds to me like that's how it started for her is she expected him to kind of argue. And then when she didn't, she just kind of kept ramping it up and ramping it up and ramping it up. And I I suppose some of us have, have fallen into that before. And I think that on occasion, that's okay if you're doing it with somebody that you have a legitimate, you know, argument with, or, or, you know, maybe it's a, a, a close friend or a family member, and you need to argue a point, you need to come up with something, um, you need to come to an agreement on something, and you have that argument, great, no problem. But when you're being pulled over by a police officer, it's just a, it's a little bit different. And and I think that, you know, yeah, I, I mean, you, you get to a point where you say, what, like, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing? On that topic, you have a child in the car, your child, any child. Why do you want to be that example for that child? Right? You would think that because the child was in the car, you might want to be on your best behavior. Because what you just did, that child, if, if, if that child is five years old or older, That's usually when your memories stick with you. That child is going to remember that traffic stop for probably the rest of his or her life. I think uh, I agree with you, Brett. And I think that comes from a common sense perspective. And I think that you have, I think you have a lot of common sense. I think Duff has a lot of common sense. Um, But, but I, I do think that um, I don't necessarily think this lady sees that. I don't necessarily think, I mean, just in the short amount of time that we were able to, to watch this, to listen to this, uh, interaction, I don't think that she thinks that way. I I honestly don't think that she thinks what she is doing is wrong. And that's the scary part. That is what that to me, that's the bigger point. It's not that this lady treated this guy this bad. I I mean, uh, to my knowledge, she hasn't come out and made a public apology. Right. So so does she even know what she's doing is wrong? Does she even know the way she's treating him, not just as a cop, but as a human being is wrong? Right. That to me, that's the bigger, scarier thing. Well, we've lost the primal side of ourselves. Hey, we live we, we did an episode on soft America. We didn't touch on this, but let's just be honest, man. We seek out comfort. And we like to be in those comfortable spots and that's not putting yourself in, in, you know, difficult conversations, you know, athletic achievements or, you know, getting healthier, building your business, doing those things. I mean, that's, that's none of that. But I'd started this by tying it, you know, to her having her son in the car. And I told you before we started the show, you know, I have a friend that he made a post yesterday, you know, about Tim Tebow getting, Tim Tebow got signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars for a one-year deal. As, okay. a, as a tight end. If you think, and you can mark this, if you think that he's actually going to be on the roster at the beginning of the season, okay, I think you're crazy. I may be proven, I may be, he may prove me wrong. He's proved me wrong plenty of other times. Okay. But I'm just saying, so everybody that's in an uproar already, like, let's just take into consideration what the situation really is. Okay? Well, okay. So what is the big deal if Tim Tebow got an opportunity to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first place? Okay. Jacksonville Jaguars were ranked one of the last teams in the NFL last year. They had the number one overall pick in the draft, right? They got a rookie quarterback. You know, they're trying to generate fan support again in Jacksonville. Tebow's the biggest name in Jacksonville because of going to going to Florida. Urban Meyer now is the head coach. They got Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. That's crazy I even know any of that shit because I don't watch football anymore. Wow. Anyway, 
he's there to drive fan support and to build excitement, right? If he happens to go be a a, a tight end, which I think he probably should have been a tight end from day one. He was big enough. He was fast enough. He had decent hands, I think. Couldn't throw a ball with those hands, but he had decent hands, right? Right. So what is the harm in that? Why is it that all of a sudden you have to you have to bring in Colin Kaepernick as, as now he's again the martyr? It's the racist NFL because they didn't nobody wants to bring in Colin Kaepernick. And the, yeah, and that's what that you know the picture was was it was Tebow on a knee and it was Kaepernick on a knee and all he put on there was, you know, what do you say? One of these guys got a job today. That's because one of the guys is is not a, a, a crybaby shithead that makes the whole team hard to deal with, right? He's not somebody going on a team that's going to divide the entire team. Now, will Tebow bring some baggage with him, some media baggage? Of course he will. That's going to be one of the drawbacks because the media wants to talk Tebow. But he's not some guy that's going to go and showboat and try to make it about a bigger issue than just playing football. Well, that and... Kaepernick doesn't want to play like I, he does can, not. You can, you can sit here and tell me all day that you, all these people that are Kaepernick supporters, if you're supporters of him because of the knee and everything great, good, good for you. What, I mean, whatever at this point. Right. Okay. But stop with this, stop with this narrative that he belongs. He still belongs in the NFL. He's, he was a mediocre quarterback at best when he wasn't, they'll go, Oh, you went to the Super Bowl. You know why he went to the Super Bowl? Nobody ever talks about this. He had a coach that had just come from the college ranks working with a young QB. And guess what? He made his entire offense around what his strengths were. Guess what they don't do in the NFL most times? You either learn their shit or you fall. So he got lucky with Jim Harbaugh. So all these guys that, you know, stand out there and they, they stand on this soapbox and say, well, you went to the Super Bowl. Well, that's great. But what happened after Jim, Jim Harbaugh left? All I know is he was in the bottom quarter of quarterbacks in the entire league. Right. If you change your entire offense to fit one guy, if that one guy gets hurt, can the backup quarterback that doesn't have that same athletic skill set step in and run that same offense? Well, I mean, what I was going to say is regardless of what that offense looks like, regardless of what that team looks like. When was the last time you talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> and why are you talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars? So now all of a sudden, here we are in this podcast that we we're supposed to be talking about something else. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Somebody's doing a pretty great job of promotion and marketing at the expense of Tim Tebow. But Tim Tebow knows he's no dummy. He knows that he's being used for promotion. Why did Jake Paul? steal Floyd Mayweather's hat. That wasn't, do you guys know about this on yeah, social I media right now? That That's not about anything other than promoting a fight. Promoting a fight. That's just like exactly when, right. Just when like when Conor McGregor Conor comes McGregor, up and yeah. does his stuff, they're simply selling tickets. It's WWE. I mean, when I was growing right. up, I absolutely, absolutely loved Randy Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. And I loved when they. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, I loved when they, (laughs) I loved when they hated each other more than when they got on the same team. I loved when they hated each other because it, 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 it it promoted something. And so now all of a sudden we've slipped into a WWE life. And I think that that's what we, what we definitely want. That's what we need as human beings. We need that drama and whatever that drama is, that's where we automatically 
automatically go. So now all of a sudden it's a Tim Tebow drama or it's this lady drama or it's Black Lives Matter drama or whatever the drama is, we're just immediately drawn to it. Yep. Well, on the Tim Tebow thing for a moment, okay, here's the difference. If Tim Tebow was steadfast like he was with the Broncos and the Jets and said, I only want to be a starting quarterback, that's all I want to do. Nobody would be giving him the time of day. Okay. Colin Kaepernick has said flat out, I only want to be a starting quarterback. Nobody's giving him the time of day. Tim Tebow's being brought into Jacksonville to compete for a tight end position which most likely he's probably going to be a third, fourth string tight end at best. At best. Maybe. Maybe, given his age and given the fact that he's been out of sports for that length of time. So for all you people out there that think, oh, my God, you know, Colin Kaepernick is is a victim again. Understand the difference. One person is saying, okay, I'm going to go in and compete for a possible position. One person thinks I'm entitled to a position that you have no business being in because you sucked when you were in the NFL to begin with. I also think Tim Tebow's name is much more benign than Colin Kaepernick's name. And so I think when you, if, if it is purely for promotional reasons, which I believe that it probably is, I think that you're much better with a Tim Tebow than you are a Colin Kaepernick. And I think that, you know, wherever you stand on the political spectrum, and like Duff said, whatever you believe about that, I think that's just true. I think that... Um, you know, they're going to be if, if what they're after is promotion. My mother-in-law, who absolutely does not watch football, knows who Tim Tebow is. She might not know who Colin Kaepernick is, and she might not know all of the drama around him, but she knows who Tim Tebow is. And now that Tim Tebow's going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, now all of a sudden my mother-in-law is talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. He got replaced by Blaine Gabbert. Okay. <laughs> right. hey, Mike, can, can we drop the mic? Who? Because really, that's a mic drop. Who? Dude, I, I, for those out there, the you youngsters out there, Blaine Gabbert, to, and I, I've heard he's a great guy, so I don't like talking bad about good people, man, but just... Look at was, the statistics no, 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 of Blaine just, Gabbert. Just listen, just listen. He was the least talented First quarterback taken in any draft since I've been alive. I can say that legitimately. Now, well, Tim Tebow's in the first round too, so I'm not sure I would go that. He at least won a playoff game. <laughs> he did actually. Touche, dude. Right, and yeah. so and and like Jamarcus Russell, he had all kinds of talent, but he just just he was just ended up just being a dumbass. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. He was the first quarterback taken in a draft and probably had the least amount of talent in most almost every single draft that I've seen for first round quarterbacks. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's who replaced him. They had to change their whole offense to a, a one read system. He couldn't even get through his progressions. OK, so, oh. you know, you go back to all that stuff and it's just like I just get tired. He posts that out there and I know he has kids and I know he's a coach and he does other things and he has a lot of people watching him. If we keep perpetuating victimhood and anything, not just race, not just gender, not just everything else, if we continue to perpetuate victimhood, you're going to have a bunch of victims. That's what ends up happening. Yep. So don't get mad when these other people are over here winning because they're not buying into this, whatever talking points and everything else you want to be so engulfed in all this shit. Great. Go do your thing. Be an activist. Go march down, march down streets, do your thing, whatever. We're out here doing real change. We're out here having real conversations with real people so we can educate ourselves and and arm ourselves the best way to try to handle some of these situations. But we would rather put memes 
and other stupid bullshit on our social media right. and think that we're doing something. Well, and I'll say this on Kaepernick. Well, first of all, I'm going to say something on T-Bone. I'm going to say something on Kaepernick. So I think we all can agree that Tim Tebow is going to go into that locker room during training camp and he's going to work his ass off. Run the run the hardest. I, I shouldn't say run the hardest because, you know, when you're in the NFL, I mean, everybody's working, but he's going to work his ass off on a daily basis. He's going to be a good teammate when he talks to the media because he, he will. Be, it's going to be the first time ever that a six string tight end is getting media airtime. Right. I mean, that's ultimately what's going to happen. But he's going to be a good teammate. He's going to show good work ethic at the very least. He's not going to come in and try to divide a team over these these phantom racial issues that probably don't exist in a locker room. Okay, what I always say about Kaepernick, Kaepernick is an opportunist. Why do why do I think he's an opportunist? Race only became an issue when he was relegated to the backup backup quarterback position. And he started dating that. That's what it was the exact same time he started dating the the activist lady, his girlfriend. Race only became an issue once he became irrelevant. Okay. So do I think Colin Kaepernick is genuine in his message? Absolutely not. And that's where I have a problem with him. If he always had this activism in him when he was winning, going, winning playoff games, going to the Super Bowl, I'd have a little bit more respect about him. Right. But he claims that, you know, uh, all white people are racist, all cops are racist, all this and that. But yet, the two people that adopted him are white, right? Kaepernick, I think I saw in your note, is a German last name, okay? He's worth how much, how many millions of dollars? $20 million. $20 million and hasn't played in the NFL since what, 20? Was it 14 or 15? Something. 16, maybe. Something. I don't remember. Right. So is he genuine in his approach or, or is he an opportunist finding a way to make money outside of the NFL using his NFL as a, as a, as a launching pad for this other stuff that is just divisive and not helpful in any way? That was the point that I was going to make is that this does, it does reek of self-promotion and it does reek of somebody who's desperately trying to keep his name out there and keep him, keep himself, uh, you know, to continue to promote himself. And I think that, um, you know, that without that, you're, you suddenly forget who he is. You're, you're going to say Colin who? And I think that a guy like that is really genuinely afraid that that's going to happen. And so he's going to use any means necessary to, to, to keep his name out there and to keep his, his notoriety. And I, I, I do think it's kind of a shame that this, this whole, whatever side of the perspective you are on on race and racism and 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 everything else going on critical race theory and all of the things that are going on right now whatever side you're on i think it's a shame that we're using it po- politically i think i think it's a shame that we're politicizing it and i see this is just another opportunity to politicize it instead of like you said duff making real change like really doing things that really matter, forging friendships with people outside of our own race or, or whatever that is that you're doing as an individual. I guess I just, I guess I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing somebody trying to, in him, I'm not seeing somebody who's trying to affect that change. I'm seeing somebody who is, uh, you know, trying to grab a headline or, or, or trying to um, promote himself. In my mind, that's a shame. And that's, and that's, and that's just kind of what got, got under my skin a little bit, 
you know, it was just the narratives. Like we, we were in this, and the reason why I keep saying narratives, I'm sure people that listen to this podcast all the time are getting tired of listening, you know, hearing me say that word. But when you think about it, the things that people are regurgitating are directly tied from the media. It's like the same, like you can go hear this vaccine commercial 15 times and then somebody goes, Hey, are you going to get vaccinated? You're like, no, man, I'm not going to get vaccinated just yet. You know, I'm going to hold off or whatever, whatever your stance is. What? Yes, I am. Or no, I'm not. Right. But for in my case, it's no, I'm not. My, my, oh, well, my response is no, I've had COVID. Yeah, no, that's a good one. But, you know, but it's just like, no, but then you'll hear them tell you, well, this is why I got vaccinated. And it is literally from <laughs> like one of the commercials that you've seen on TV. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's almost word for word. So it's comical. Yeah. You're just like, have you noticed when uh, people tell you they got vaccinated, they followed up by defending all the reasons why they did it? Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that kind of odd? Like, why do you feel like I didn't ask you if you got vaccinated? You volunteered the information to me. So if you volunteered the information, why are you defending it? <laughs> well, I, I also think, too. You know, there there is objective truth. There is objective truth out there. There are things that we can say this is objectively true. So I think that moral relativity has somehow seeped its way into our culture and in a big way. And now all of a sudden we find ourselves saying, oh, that's your truth. That's not my truth. Whatever you perceive to be the truth. That's how, that's how we've ended up with all of this gender dysphoria and all of these things. Sorry, but you were born a man or you were born a woman. And I don't want to get too deep into this, but whatever it, whatever it becomes, you know, you, there is something, there is, there is an objective truth to that. So when you're saying that's my truth or that's my truth, I'm sorry, but somewhere there is objective truth. And in my mind, I'm seeing some of that seep into all of these things. If not, if, if it's not seeped into it, it is the primary problem. Yep. Well, let's talk real quick. Cause I wrote, I took the time to research this shit just on this <laughs> vaccine shit. So I'm going to say this because you know, and it's not just because I want to make a point. It's not, I don't want, I'm, I'm right. You guys are wrong or anything like that. But I've had a lot of people come at me since our Vax hysteria episode. If you have not heard that Vax hysteria episode, you should go back and listen to it. Okay. Cause there's it, some massive truth bombs in that episode that you might just want to, you know, listen to take to heart maybe right but i've had a little bit of pushback from the people in my life you know about you know that episode saying i don't agree with you and you know that kind of stuff okay for all of you out there you guys ask me why i wait why i'm waiting okay i never said i'm not getting the vaccine i'm being very clear about that i said i'm not getting it right now okay i look at this a lot like when they first release a cell phone do you want to go run into the store and have the very first cell phone fuck no because the thing's not going to work for the first two months that you own it while they do all the updates and everything else, I always wait at least three months, right? Wait three months and then you get your phone. All the updates are done. You're good to go. You go right rock and roll, right? Okay. Same thing with the vaccine. We're seeing side effects coming out. We're hearing different stories coming out about different things. Okay. Real quick. Pfizer. Okay. Now you tell me when I'm reading this, if, if I just read this to you and you didn't just live through the last year and I said, listen, there's a vaccine coming out, Travis. And we highly recommend that you should take this, okay? But I'm going to read you the company, to, the, some of the things that pertain to these companies that are coming out with this vaccine. And let me know if you feel comfortable taking these, okay? Pfizer, $4.7 million in fines or false claims, drug and medical equipment violations, 
off-label promotions, corrupt practices, kickbacks, and bribery. $4.7 million. That was, I think, believe just last year or two years ago, one of the two. Probably sounds like sounds ago. like the head of Pfizer should run for public office. Yeah, there you go. Fit right in. Moderna. <laughs> Moderna. Okay. Moderna is one of the main ones. Have never brought a vaccine to market since its founding. Except they, now. They've had more than nine vaccine candidates go through clinical trials and all nine plus of them. I had nine plus on here. Nine plus of them were denied in phase three of clinical trials. So yep. they've never had a viable vaccine make it. Um, everybody knows Johnson and Johnson. So, um, but they're named in hundreds of thousands of lawsuits for quote unquote, toxic and dangerous or dangerous products, including drugs, shampoos, medical equipment, and baby powder. AstraZeneca, my last one, because we're going to run short on time here. They, they have been suspended by over two dozen European countries due to severe lethal adverse reactions like blood clots and other form. What could go wrong? So tell me here, you get your, you get your, you get your choice there, Travis. This is a, this is a vaccine. Multiple choice. There's a, you, you got a 99, you got a 99.9% chance of survival from this, but we still recommend that you take this vaccine. Which one of these companies would you like to uh, particularly do business with? Yeah. I mean, what a, what a mess we're in right now. And that it, it, the, the unfortunate part is, like I said before, what's true how, how do you believe what's true? I believe what you're telling me. I believe those statistics are true. But what is, uh, if I turn on Fox News, I get their version of the truth. If I turn on CNN, I get their version of the truth. So I, I'm, I am legitimately confused on what is true and what I should be believing. Well, I guess, I guess one side would tell you, believe what makes you feel good. Right. That's the problem. Uh, that that is what I see as the problem. See, and you say confused. I'm this. I am worried, and and this is going to come off like I'm an anti-vaxer. But I want to. I'm going to say it again. I'm not an anti-vaxer. I've had vaccines. Like I don't. I'm not opposed to vaccines. I'm just opposed to this vaccine right now. How they sit right here right now is I am against it right now. I have never, ever, ever, ever had something pushed on me so hard as this vaccine has been pushed, and not, I mean never in my life. Never. And I know that it's a little bit more blatant right now because we have had the jumps in, you know, with social media and our phones and all that. Like, I know that there's all that kind of stuff, right? That, that's, that plays into that. But even watching the amount of TV I did as a kid and having actual, having to actually, you know, for you young guys, we actually had to watch the fucking commercials. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, thank God kids don't have to watch commercials these days. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, ne I have never had anything pushed on me. And the only thing that it makes me feel inside, like deep inside of me, and it's that the hair sticking up on the back of your neck. It's just not right. Something isn't right because you're pushed, you're sinking so much money into this, but you're hiding so much information. And it's, that's what scares me. It's like, why? I want to know why. Because if you're legitimately concerned for the health of the American people, then be honest with the statistics and start correcting the data. If you want to start today and say, you know what, we've been a bunch, we've been, been a bunch of dickhead liars, you know, the last, you know, year and a half or whatever. And, you know, we, we want to be honest people now. And, you know, so, you know, somebody comes and baptizes them and shit and everybody's all clean again. Right. And everybody's good to go. Okay. Now we're going to correct the data. Okay, great. 
then be honest with me from this point. But we're, we're, we're operating on so many lies and so much deception, and we're not even going to be able to get in this episode, get into, you know, the election audits and all that shit going on. Here's the thing with uh, COVID and the vaccines. If they didn't, you know, the, now the big push is, you know, vaccine hesitancy. People don't want to get it. You know, saw a statistic that 5 million people that got the first dose of either Moderna or Pfizer did not go back for the second. And, you know, they're, they're all perplexed. Okay. Here's why they're perplexed. It's not that hard. Let the doctors practice medicine. And what I mean by that is this. Doctors practicing medicine are going to have a differing opinion from one another. Would you not agree with that? Some doctors believe in some medication, some doctors don't. But when big tech and the NIH and Fauci and, and the list goes on and on and on, the who, whatever, when they silence a certain group of doctors that are coming out with the exact same message and let the other doctors that agree with their messaging have a free platform to say whatever, people tend to sit up in their chair a little bit. They tend to raise an eyebrow and they say, huh, I wonder why. And that's creating that hesitancy. That's creating that pushback. Rewind a year ago, had they not silenced all the doctors that spoke out against or spoke out for, a better way to put it, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, z you know, all this other stuff, and they just let those doctors talk about alternative uh, medications, alternative treatments, and then they had the the vaccine come out, and then you know you have this healthy debate amongst the medical profession to say, okay, these are good, these are bad, and you didn't censor that. You'd have a lot less hesitancy of people wanting to take this witch's brew, but because you censored it, and because people that have critical thinking skills are now going and going, huh? I wonder why they're censoring that. That's they created their own vaccine hesitancy. They created their own vaccine hesitancy by, by, by censoring doctors having a differing opinion. If you go get a cancer diagnosis, what's the very next thing you do when you leave that doctor's office? You're probably going to go get a second opinion or a third opinion to make sure that they all concur. How's this any different? We're heading down a scary road, fellas. And that was what this episode is about. You know, I want to name this one. That's the facts. That's, or that's, or, or that's the truth or the scary road. Yeah. The scary like road or the, that's the truth, right? Like at some point we have to get back to the truth. I think we should name it Tim Tebow for MVP. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see our number spike. We'd really do that one. Right. But, it, it, or we could call it uh, what do we call it? Uh, veteran rookie of the year. <laughs> right. So, but no, I, I mean, guys, I, I just, everybody out there, this is just a message to you, you know, we have to just start accepting each other for with our flaws. Like, stop trying to make people fit into your boxes, right? You want people to be included in, in your causes and in your messaging and whatever it is, right? It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or you don't, okay? To, that, to whatever person they agree with, whatever stance they have on something, okay? But if you're going to do, do that, you have to be willing to listen to different ideas. You have to be willing to accept people with their flaws. You can't say, Travis, you, we want you to become, be a part of our group, but you, we, you can't wear Oakley sunglasses and, and this and that and this and the other thing, because that doesn't fit in with what our, what we, what we decided. All right. We all have flaws, man. We all got to start working towards a solution together. And the only way that we do that is by starting to communicate. We say it every, we say it every episode, Brett. Well, communicate and you just got to respect your fellow human. If I'm willing to support you, <clears throat> allow me 
to support you at the level that I'm willing to support you. Like you said, if I'm going to show up, you know, whatever it is, if I'm there to support you, I'm there to support you at, at, at the level that I'm able to do it. It makes me think about that Seinfeld episode of when Kramer goes on the AIDS walk and he refuses to wear the, the ribbon. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah. They, and they're like, they like chase him yeah, down the street, the yeah, mob chase him yeah, down the street to yeah. like. And they're, they're like, what's the matter? You don't support AIDS? And he's like, you don't support, you know, walking for AIDS? And he's like, I'm here on the walk, aren't I? And they're like, why aren't you wearing the ribbon? He's like, I don't want to wear the ribbon. Hey, he don't have his ribbon. <laughs> That's right. And maybe I don't want to wear your ribbon. I'm willing to support your cause. I'm willing to, I'm willing to enter into, in with you in whatever it is that you're experiencing. And I want to have empathy for you, but I might not want to wear your ribbon. That, that's all it is. I might not want to wear your T-shirt. You don't care about other people. That's what it seems like. That's where we are because <laughs> I'm not wanting to wear your ribbon. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. You know, as always, we're going to cut it out on this episode. But as always, if you found value in this episode, please rate us whatever uh, platform you're on. Please give us a five-star review. If you would like to communicate with us, you can do so at uncommonpodcast.outlook.com. And then, of course, lastly, uh, we're trying to grow this podcast organically. So if you have, if you found value in it and, uh, you know, of anybody that might also see some value or you just want to, you know, help us out, share it. Share it with a family member, share it with a friend. Um, and, you know, help us get that reach out. So with that, thanks everybody. Yep. See you. Thank you, Travis, for coming in. And uh, again, we'll have you in on some more episodes, I think. So yeah, this was a fun one. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Right Uh, on guys. Take care. Bye.